was all the Barbies getting deprogrammed, mm. and they were basically like, we need to distract the Kens somehow. <laughs> so they went with all the stereotypical <laughs> BS that you can distract a man oh with. God, and I they're loved like, it. Just act like you need help with something. <laughs> and one of them like has Adobe. A, yeah, she's like, I don't know how to work this. And some guy comes in to man, oh some, some Ken God. comes in yeah. to mansplain it to her. Welcome to the Rom-Com Rewind Podcast. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Devin. And like you, I love rewatching movies over and over again. You're here, you found us, you love romantic comedies, we do as well. So this is a show where we rewatch rom-coms, break them down a bit for you, maybe take a peek behind the curtain, dig beneath the surface, and decide, does it still hold up? Today we have a brand new movie, it's Barbie! And wherever you are listening to us, make sure you throw us a follow. As well, if you want to reach out about anything you hear on the pod, if you want to be, you know, part of what we do, everything, all the discussions that kind of happen off the pod, happen on our Instagram account, at Romcom Rewind. We actually had a message from uh, Helena. Oh, wait, no, there is an Exante Goo on the last, uh, on the second E, so it's Helena. Oh, my gosh. Elena. I apologize for him butchering your name. Hi, Sarah, and that is an Exante Goo, no? It is an Exante yeah, okay. Goo, yes. Uh, <laughs> hi, the attempt, The attempt is there. Yes, the attempt is there. Oh, my gosh. Hi, Sarah and Devin. <laughs> Literally love your show. I've been listening back to all your old episodes. It definitely takes listeners for a ride. Every time mm-hmm. I listen to an episode, it feels like I'm re-watching the movie. That's what we want you to feel. Absolutely. Uh, my favorite part is the quick facts segment, and also that you're playing fantasy football with upcoming Woo-hoo! rom-coms. Anyway. Yes. Just wanted to let you know I'm a big fan and look forward to new episodes every week. I'm a huge rom-com fan, so inevitably I have to recommend some movies to review. Uh, looking for While You Were Sleeping. Mm, yes, so funny. Yes. For th- There was a time where we were about to do that yeah, one. Yeah, I don't I, know what we did instead. I think it was too close to another Sandra Bullock, so we decided <gasps> not to. Yes. I think that's it what happened. It might have been Practical Magic. Like, I literally had started While You Were Sleeping, and then I was like, no, 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 no we can't. Uh, when <laughs> Harry Met Sally, that's a good one. Oh, that, my goodness, yes. So here in Canada, we, ha- we have a lot of international listeners and a lot of listeners in the States. But um, here in Canada, when Harry Met Sally wasn't on our streaming services for a bit, I think for it's... For a bit. I think it might be on one now. Oh. I'm just kind of waiting for the fall to do it. it it's a fall it's movie. it's like such a fall movie. It so is. it will be coming, guys. We um, promise. She also wants to uh, see Crazy Rich Asians or Dave. Oh, yes. Thank you for entertaining me on my commute. Now, uh, Helena has brought up something really important that we are doing like a fantasy rom-com. It's like fantasy football. Mm -hmm. We both picked our rom-com teams and they are movies that are coming out theoretically this year. Yes. I still have Legally Blonde on my list because I I thought it was going to happen. I think I got to, I got to swap that out for something. But Sarah, this is one of Sarah's movies. Yep. The Barbie movie. And what we do is we combine the critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and the audience score on Rotten Mm -hmm. Tomatoes. Which it's going to kill. This is already the best performing of any (laughs) movie in either of our teams. I think it might be better than my whole team combined. Currently, I think it's 90 and 90. So... There's a 180 for you. This is brand new. Um, it is. Once we get into things, if you haven't watched it yet, you know, obviously spoilers, and we're going to tell you about that right off the top. But right. we'll let you know when we really get into the nuts and bolts of this. But Barbie is a 2023 fantasy comedy directed by Greta Gerwig, um, who has had a fantastic acting career. You probably have seen her in certain things, but she's also directed Little Women and Lady Bird. Barbie is the story of... Barbie, played by Margot Robbie, and she is living in Barbie land. By the way, Margot is like your stereotypical Barbie because there are so many different Barbies, but she's like, she is your 
fundamental. Who do you picture when you see Barbie? You picture this one, played by Margot. Uh, and she's living there with all the other Barbies. And, of course, the Kens, mainly played by Ryan Gosling <laughs> and Simu Liu. Yeah. Uh, oh, and Alan, played by Michael Sarah, is right. all, all also there. Um, but something goes wrong. <laughs> With Barbie, like Margot's Barbie. Something's not quite right. And after gaining some sage wisdom from another Barbie, played by Kate McKinnon, Barbie, Margot, realizes she must travel into the real world to find the person who is playing with her. And that's where we also bring in characters played by America Ferreira and as well Will Ferrell in this film. I'll, I'll leave that as your lead in so it's vague enough. What are your thoughts? Hey, Barbie. Can I come to your house tonight? Sure. I don't have anything big planned, just a giant blowout party with all the Barbies and plant choreography and a bespoke song. You should stop by. So cool. You can find me under the lights, diamonds under my eyes. This is the best day ever. It is the best day ever. So is yesterday and so is tomorrow and every day from now until forever. Do you guys ever think about dying? This movie is, is a masterpiece. It is magnificent. I... Love this movie. I am so happy they made this movie. I can't get enough. It was so, so, so well done. Everyone was cast perfectly. The writing was phenomenal. The directing was out of this world. I just think they did such a fantastic job with this movie. And I don't think there's been a movie like this that's come out that's been this wonderful in a very, very long time. Um, it was it was fantastic. I just loved it. I would go and see it in movies probably again and again and again. And there is so something happened during our watch of this film that has never yeah. happened yeah. in rom com <laughs> rewind history. Yeah. And we will talk about it when it comes up. We will. Um, just absolutely floored us when yes. it happened. Yes. And we did see it. We went to the movie theater to see this movie. And we'll talk about that in a bit. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's funny. I also have Masterpiece in my write-up for this. I have that the this is a masterpiece of dialogue. Because, I mean, I, I think this film is so fun. It's mm -hmm. so great. But I, I got the sense that writing the script for this must have been a blast for them. Oh, for sure. And I, I actually think it's really fascinating because they did have some good fortune in writing this story in that it's something we've never really seen before. Mm -hmm. We're doing an adult film about dolls. Yeah. Let's be real, guys. And there, there are even like some sexual jokes that are very, very tame. Very much, But like yeah. the whole like, we don't even have genitalia. What are you talking? Like <laughs> just funny stuff like that. that yeah. I'm like, gosh. It, and when they're doing like the, this was in the trailer, when uh, Simulu and Ke uh, Ryan Gosling, the two Kens are arguing with each other. And they're like, let's have a beach off. And he's like, I'll beat you off right now and he's like looks like this beach was a little too much beach for you ken if i wasn't severely injured i would beat you off right now ken i'll beach off with you any day ken hold my ice cream ken all right ken you're on let's beach off anyone who wants to beach him off has to beach me off first i will beach both of you off at the same time that yeah. is the role of ken just it's beach ken they're just yes, at the beach he is his job title is beach yeah that's all he does it's not lifeguard it's no. not he can't do water stuff he, he can't save anybody the beach he's just the beach. Yeah. Um, and then further than all the fun that happens in this film, because it is so funny, um, it's, and we can talk about this more, it, like, I find it's just a really honest, very real story that tackles a lot of uh, important topics in a very earnest way. Like, Agreed, Specifically, yes. like, inequality, women's rights, and I find it does it from a really fresh point of view in that, like, you know, they, I'm sure in the writing process, they're like, what if Barbie just showed up in the world and if she was looking around, what would she see? 
And the the truth is, and the honest truth is that she probably would see a lot of inequality. So they just, they talked about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they did a fantastic job bringing something that's so powerful to the forefront, but in, in a way that... I don't know. The whole movie was just so powerful with the message that they that they wanted to deliver to everyone. And I think it came across like I had several weep warnings in this movie because it is so powerful. And Barbie was invented, you know, as a as a doll for a a woman's daughter. Um, But it became more than that. It became, you know, Barbie can do it all. Barbie can do anything. And I think the message they wanted to portray was that you can do anything as women, as females, as, you know, girls, you can do anything you put your mind to. And I think that in the world that we live in, the real world, and Barbie soon finds that out, it's not that case. It's not the way that, you know, Barbie thought in Barbie land that they'd fixed everything. They'd fixed inequality and all of these things and everything's perfect now for women. We have to fight for a lot. And it's it was definitely brought up in this movie in in a way that was very, you know, hit hit home and it goes along with the lines of why this movie is so great. The movie opens with a modern prehistoric time. And that's like the only way I can describe it because it's like set out in prehistoric time where like dinosaurs kind of live, but then it's like modern girls. <laughs> well, it's, it's a play on the classic scene from 2001, yes. a space odyssey that, uh, <laughs> And then Barbie shows up because girls were playing with baby dolls. Right. Yeah. So where children have been playing with dolls for eons, but only dolls where they can be their mothers, which they mentioned can become boring and tedious. So Barbie then arrives and changes everything. The little girls are no longer shoved into mothering roles from the very get go. Also, I didn't mention off the top voiced this whole time by uh Helen Mirren. Yes. Great pick. Perfect. <laughs> She's got a great voice. She does. We then meet Barbie Land uh, and, and in all of its magnificentness. And we quickly gather that Barbies rule the world and they believe that they made such an impact on the real world that everything has been perfected by Barbie, like I mentioned earlier, and there is no inequality throughout the real world. We find out that the Kens are just accessory pieces instead to Barbie. And I read something actually that mentioned uh, where Greta, this was in an article, Greta took the inspiration from the creation story of Adam and Eve, but gave it a modern Barbie twist and that Barbie came first and that Ken was created for Barbie. And you get that impression immediately because Barbie, (laughs) man, there's so much fun that they do in these first couple scenes. Definitely. Because there's a quote that says, Barbie has a great day every day. Ken has a great day if Barbie looks at him. Yes. And that that's Ken's <laughs> entire purpose. But like when Barbie is in her Barbie home, mm-hmm. she she floats down to the ground because yep. theoretically, like when you play with Barbies, she doesn't walk out the front door. You just and now she's outside. And they kind of do hint at that in in the film. There's like toast that pops up. She doesn't actually eat it. Right. Yes. Yeah. So Barbie Lynn is absolutely perfect in every way. And growing up playing with Barbies, they made everything just right like they did such a fantastic job with the creation of barbie land everything was using your own imagination her clothes were picked out for her the shower didn't have actual water her breakfast was imaginary she didn't actually pick it up and eat it she put you know picked up the milk carton and poured it in a glass but nothing came out she floats down from the top floor of to of her house to the road which by the way margot robbie did all of her own stunts for this movie 
And Barbie Land was just, it's run by women. Every top job has a Barbie in it. Everything was built by them, run by them, for them. Ken's job, again, titled Beach, just Beach. And he was just jazzed if Barbie looked at the, the first <laughs> yeah. interaction at the beach because there are all these Barbies oh and God. all these Kens that Margot Robbie shows up. Hi, Ken. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Ken. Hi, Ken. Hi, Ken. Hi, Ken. Hi, Ken. I got us both ice cream. Cool. Hi, Barbie. 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 Hi, Ken. Hi, Barbie. And Simu Liu and Ryan Gosling, they don't like each other. They don't get along. I love it. Because they love Margot Robbie and they want to be Margot Robbie's significant other, right? Extra, you know, side piece. But this is actually one of my best scenes. And I have a lot of best scenes in this movie. Well, the definition would be you only can have one. I can't for this movie. I just can't. Sarah's breaking the rules. I am breaking. I think I've done it a few times before, but this movie definitely deserves it. This, it was all over, you know, the marketing for this, but it was when you watched it on the big screen, it was just absolutely perfect. So at the beach, Ken asks Barbie if he can come by her house this evening. And she says, okay, I'm having a huge dance party with choreographer dance, like choreography dance, a whole thing. And this movie is so intentional with the way they do things. Like it was so, you know, a choreographed dance. They they went ahead and said it. They didn't actually just like show up and everybody just break out in the same dance that they all knew. They like mentioned it to say like, yes, there's going to be a choreographed dance at this big party that I'm having. And everyone's going to be wearing matching outfits that are all gold. Like just the intention done for this movie was so well done and like did they do everything from the point of view of like if i'm playing with my toys and they're having dialogue i would say it that way yeah. like, hey i can can i come over tonight well <laughs> yeah i'm having a dance party tonight and then you go to the dance party and they're dancing it's kind of like how a child would play with the toys and what they would exactly. say to each other um dua lipa dance the night is the so- right. that's like kind of the big song that came out ahead of this film so of course it's yes. all done to that uh, most of the dance sequence was actually in the music video that came out ahead of time, which I found. Oh, really cool. cool. Yes. I didn't know that. It has been stuck in my head for since we've watched the movie. It's just like I keep singing it in my head. <laughs> yeah. Is that one of the best choreographed da- dance sequences in? Um, like it's up there. I with, think so. It's up there with 13 going on 30. I think it's better the than Michael that. Michael Jackson. Okay, better than that. I do think it's better than that and I also think it's better than the 500 Days oh, of Summer. I'm sorry. I do. Hall I think it is. Hall and Oats, you make yeah. my dreams come true, mm-hmm. Sarah. I do think it's better just because you felt a part of it and you wanted to do those dance moves. I also want those outfits. I actually, when I was watching this scene, thinking to myself, okay, either this is going to be my Halloween costume or I have to find like a gold jumpsuit of sorts and do my hair just like Barbie did. Like I wanted to be there. I wanted to be a part of it. So like I was going to make this a game, but I'm, I'm quite sure we can just lock it in. Barbie is going to be the most popular (laughs) Halloween costume this year. I think so. Like by a mile Mm -hmm. yeah i think you might get some mavericks like um top gun Uh, you might get some i don't know some old school like maybe oppenheimer maybe like older parties yeah you might get that adult parties but i I, like runaway number one is gonna be it's already on like pinterest and like barbie core people are searching barbie core like three thousand percent more than before i mean i might as well start you know putting together my halloween costume we're both wearing pink right now so we're we're (laughs) getting there yeah (laughs) 
That evening at the house, every Barbie and Ken are there dancing away their lives and living their best perfect life. That is until Barbie stops and asks, Do you guys ever think about dying? Everyone stops and looks at her until she brushes it off and the music comes back on and they all continue to dance and party. The next day, Barbie wakes up no longer feeling perfect and to her demise, her feet fall flat. Dun, dun, dun. Her other Barbie friends tell her to go see Weird Barbie and Barbie doesn't want to go, but she seems to be malfunctioning. So she makes her way there. To Kate McKinnon yes, is the one who... is the weird Barbie. Now, weird Barbie is weird because the owners played too hard with her. They cut her hair, colored on her face with marker, put her in a never-ending split. And I have to say, I know people who did this to their Barbies. <laughs> I may have had one of these Barbies where I wanted to cut their hair. I never put marker on them. But the one... We Your had friends... Poor Barbie, We had Sarah. friends who literally took magic marker and drew all over them and cut their hair, and then lit it on fire. It's ca- so. <laughs> very similar to Kate McKinnon's Barbie. Yes. It's also very reminiscent of Toy Story. Like, they have it those is. toys that were, like, Ooh, little Frankenstein yeah. a little bit. Yeah. It is, totally. So, Kate McKinnon's Barbie. Did you notice one thing in Kate McKinnon's Barbie's house? There was a dog there. It was, and it was pooping out eggs. Chocolate eggs. A real... Barbie. Right. Like that is a real Barbie that came out. So I want to talk about it throughout this film. You get (laughs) sometimes very quick shots of Barbies and you're like, well, that was weird. And then they just move on. Um, And all of the Barbies that you see in this film that might be strange or weird or odd. Later on, they even talk about how some of them are just (laughs) stupid. Um, They existed. Those are real. And I want to talk about some of them right now. Okay. Uh, Why don't we start with that one? So there is the... Um, there, there was a Barbie that came with a dog and the dog came with like biscuits that you would put in its mouth and it would poop them out. That's disgusting. Theoretically, I, that was Kate McKinnon's Barbie. Okay. Who was I played was too rough with. Going to say like, I, I would not have, I'm not surprised they took that off the shelves. Yes. Yeah. There's also, um, and you see her in this film, her name wasn't Barbie. Her name was Becky. And she was in a wheelchair. Oh, right. And and we see Becky in the wheelchair mm-hmm. in this as like a Barbie, but she was Becky. Um, and the, the hilarious problem with this is that obviously they were trying to be more equal with their Barbie and show diversity. However, she could not fit in the classic Barbie playhouse, which caused a little bit of outrage. Like oh. you tried to create this diverse character and it's like you can't even, she can't even play with the other Barbies. Oh that kind of sucks. Yeah. They didn't think that one through. They did not think that one through. Uh, there's Shaven Fun Ken. We had to throw I'm sorry, hold fan, on. Yeah, Ken in here. Shaving Fun Ken? Yeah, you can like shave his face <laughs> and he has like stubble and eventually Stop. it'll grow back. No, how yeah. does it grow back? I, I think it's just like a, a pigment. I think it's like when water touches his face, oh, the beard goes away my. and then when it dries, the beard comes God, back. God, that's hilarious. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> oh, you see her, you, you actually see her in this film, Video Girl Barbie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's towards the end how she, she makes the joke. She's like, I have a TV on my back that's not normal yeah that was a barbie came out not long ago when like my god the whole like youtube sensation like do Mm. you want to be a youtube vlogger she has a camera on her effing chest guys and she has a video screen on her back and you can take video like from her chest and you can see on the back oh that's weird well yeah so it's like a gopro but barbie style it ended up being a little (laughs) like okay we should this is basically like a little bit of a nanny cam you know like you can talk 
Yeah, so weird. people didn't love it for that. Yeah, no. Um, like that. I, I'm just going to say minimum wage fast food worker Barbie, but there was a McDonald's Barbie. Okay. Yeah. I think I knew that. Yeah. Uh, founding Father Barbie. Founding Father Barbie. Interesting take on that. She looks founding like George, George Washington. No, like no, with the curly hair and no, everything. Yeah, They should never have done <laughs> that's that. A big nope. Um, <laughs> that's a no from me. Okay. Like two favorites here. There is, they didn't call her this, but I'm going to call it bird attack Barbie. There was literally a Barbie where birds were like, what attacking her? Why? I'm s- you can, guys, you can Google this. I'm this not is making horrible. it up. This I believe is, you. Yes. Um. There was a Barbie where birds were attacking, attacking her. her. It's like yeah. it's like the movie Birds. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, that's terrible. And then finally, we have. I mean, she was in this film. Okay. Midge. Oh, Midge. Was yes, Was the pregnant Midge. Barbie. Yes. So she came yeah. out in like the 60s, I guess. And then they reintroduced <laughs> her as pregnant Barbie. And I guess right. genuinely like there was a baby in her belly. Oh, my God. That, like, oh, went, my God. When what? she was released. Yeah. No. You could, could you horrible. see it? Like, yeah. It, no. I think you could like take it out and it was a little baby, okay. I think. And, with, with that one, with and Midge. And interestingly, okay. Midge was actually married to Alan. What? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It it's like a deep story. They've made like a backstory. It's funny that they chose these two characters to make a backstory, but it's because of the controversy that they caused. Okay. Can can I ask a quick question? Sure. Is Alan your honorable mention? No. Okay. Because <laughs> if you did him, I wasn't gonna do him. But no. okay. I just want to honorably mention right now. I, I've got another one. But Alan is. So so funny in this, played by Michael Sarah. I mean, Michael Sarah is hilarious. Me. He is truly a gem. You know who he reminds me of in a few <laughs> scenes? Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Oh, hi, Alan. There are no multiples of Alan. He's just Alan. Yeah, I'm, I'm confused about that. In the who? Twilight movies, you know how like sometimes there would just be like the weird vampires in the Cullen family <laughs> yes. just like staring. Yes. Brooding, right? Brooding, like they yeah. were totally yeah. brooding. Th- there were a few <laughs> yeah. scenes where like sh- shit was going down and then they'd cut to Michael Sarah just like staring <laughs> at everybody. Do Not you, a thought in his brain, I'm sure. Do just, you like know why like he was created to be Ken's bestie? Like not bestie, but like friend. Okay. They tried to like branch off, I think, and do like a different Ken, but like not have it as Ken, but as it as Alan. And I think it was like a colossal fail. I do remember hearing that that like, oh, Michael Sarah's in this as Alan because yes. nobody really likes Alan or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, I guess and, Alan sucked. And then they tied him to a whole story of Midge. Like I don't know, they kept him around. They created him, and then they were like, it's too late now. We have to do something with oh him. I don't actually know if that's true. But, like, I'd like to think that it is. But, yes, they did attach him to a story with Midge. God. Yeah. You know what? I'm like, so glad they made a Barbie movie because clearly <laughs> there are so many subplots. I know. In all of these Barbies and Who Kens. knew? Who knew? I mean, could they do a movie on different Barbie characters? I think so. <laughs> yes. Well, I think they're... I don't want to spoil anything, but... I was going to mention this later, but they're already locked in on a sequel. Oh, really? They were locked in on a sequel, like, a month before oh, this you came know what? out. They were talking about... Margot Robbie and negotiating her salary, right? Cool. I think because like it's one of those few sure things in Hollywood where like the press and the hype ahead of time was kind of like there's no way this isn't a hit. Well, they did. So they tried to lock it in. They did a genius job of marketing for this movie. I don't think I've seen a movie in a very very long time with such fantastic marketing. Yeah. So good on them. 
So those are your weird Barbies. Oh my many god, of which those are hilarious. In this film. I think my favorite is the dog pooping the biscuits. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> Kate McKinnon's Barbie, theoretically, yeah. that yeah. that dog is in the house. Oh my god, it just like kind of walked across. Bloop, bloop, bloop. Yeah, bloop. so weird, <laughs> so weird. Yeah. And and now so we're meeting we're meeting Kate McKinnon's we character are. who is the weird she Barbie. She did such a good job in this Ugh. role. That's kind of the perfect role for Kate McKinnon. Like. We just want you for like two scenes and just be really weird. Like you're just the strange <laughs> oh, thing, it. you know? She did such a good job. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah, so Kate McKinnon's Barbie tells Barbie that she needs to go to the real world. Find the girl who's playing with her. She will fix the flat feet. And Kate McKinnon's Barbie kind of says like, it's going to get worse. It's going to get bigger if you don't fix it now. We need to fix this and bite it in the butt now. So Barbie doesn't want to go. And Kate McKinnon kind of gives her like, you know, you could go back to Barbie land and pretend nothing happened or go to the real world. And she gives her a Birkenstock and Barbie <laughs> says, oh, I'll take I'll take Barbie land. She's like, no, you don't actually have a choice. You have to go to the real You're world. You're going like, to the real world. Get going. And she's like, how do I do it? Well, you have to do this and this and this and this. And like, there's tons of different modes of transportation that Barbie has to take in order to get to the real world, which I loved the nod to. I was going to say those are all classic Barbie vehicle accessories, they are. right? I had the actual like I had the pink car. The classic. The, yes, the classic pink car, and I I always wanted the camper van. I don't know why. Oh, really? Yeah, I always wanted the camper van. I remember seeing the snowmobile somewhere. Really? Okay, I I was like, oh, that's cool. I never saw that one. Okay, yeah. I like yeah, just um. So she does all those things to end up at Venice Beach. Yes, but before that, <laughs> Ken, sorry, Ken Ken hitches she, a ride. Yes, she's driving out of town in the in the Barbie vehicle, and Ken pops up and says, "I'm coming with you." And she reluctantly says, "Fine." Did you bring your roller skates at least? And he did. So they make. Well, he their never way. leaves home without him, Sarah. <laughs> I know the lines, the timing <laughs> of these jokes kill me. So yes, they make it through all of the different things: snowmobiling, boating. Uh, I loved the boat as well. Um, camper van. The bicycle through Amsterdam, all of these things, modes of transportation to get to the real world, to end up, like you said, Devin, at Venice Beach. And they get there and they quickly realize and discover that Barbies didn't fix the world for the better for women, but instead men rule the world more or less. And women can be seen as objects secondary and are not in all of the power positions in the world, that the patriarch is very much alive and well and has taken over. And we have Ken here, who's kind of like, like both of them are like, wow, the energy is different here. And Barbie's like, it's uncomfortable. Yes. It, I don't like it. I feel like I'm. I'm anxious. I'm yes. fearful. I'm uneasy. I'm sad. Whereas Ken is like, I like, I like this. this. This is great. They go to like, <laughs> they go to a construction site because Barbie's like, we're just going to get some good female energy over there. <laughs> nope. It's all dude. They're making sexual They're jokes at them. Yes. That most of them fly over both of their heads. Yeah. But Ken is... I think you're making um, suggestive innuendos, and uh, we don't have those parts. Yeah. I think you're making an entendre of yes. doubles. Oh, my God. A double, and I don't I don't think... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was so funny. So Barbie even develops feelings for the first time, and she even has her first tears. One of the best scenes is when... And this is one of my best scenes in this movie. She's sitting at a bus stop and there's an older woman beside her. And Barbie looks over at her and says, you're beautiful. And I think in the crowd in the audience, we're all expecting her to say, oh my gosh, thank you so much. That's so kind of you. But instead she says, I know. 
This moment right here is what this movie is all about. That even though the patriarch is alive and well in the real world, there are still women who know their worth and value and don't let anyone else bring them bring them down. I teared up in this scene. Oh, a weep warning for Sarah. Yes. We haven't had weep warnings just, in a while on I the know. pod. I know. It was just so powerful because she's like, I know. And it's like, yeah, you go, girl. Like, you know your worth. You know your value in this crazy world that we live in. And I just thought it was really powerful. And it was also like, let's be real. It was it was an older woman. She was very wrinkly. And it's kind of like beauty is not. Yeah. And I think actually Greta was kind of said, you know, if you need to cut the if you need to cut things from the movie, you can cut this this scene. And she's like, no, this is what the movie's about. This is what right. the movie without it. Yes, it doesn't change the plot. It doesn't, you know, make anything shift or or there's. But it's a powerful message that I want to keep in the movie. And so she fought for it. She fought for actually a few scenes in the movie that they kind of said, oh, maybe we should go a different direction or maybe we should, you know, change this up or whatever. And um, she fought for every piece of this movie to be the way that it was, which I think is really powerful. So Barbie has found the girl playing with her through a connection of memories that she has when she closes her eyes. She heads to the school with Ken and they find this girl Ken goes off to the library to read some patriarch books. and <laughs> I think it was, uh, I want to find books on trucks and horses. <laughs> yes. That's kind of like what he's found to be <laughs> the essence of manhood. Yeah, because yeah. in Barbie land, he's, he's just Ken, like we said. Now oh he's in the real world and he's like, oh my God. I, I can do anything. I'm the he's, guy. Yes, yes. In, in the real world, Ken can do anything. And in Barbie land... Barbie can do anything, right? And so he goes to read some books and Barbie goes to speak with Sasha, who the girl who's played with her. She gets reamed out by Sasha telling Barbie that she was a fascist, that she was created so that girls could feel bad about themselves and she's all about capitalism and everything like that. She gets reamed out. Barbie runs away crying and she's taken while sitting on um, a stoop uh, taken by the company Mattel because they want to put her back in the box to solve the problem of her being in the real world so she doesn't shake things up for the better for women. <gasps> yes, well, and the CEO of Mattel, played by Will Ferrell, he found out that Barbie had made his way into yes. the, her way into the real world, so he dispatched some people to grab her. And yeah, they grab her and bring her back to um, to Mattel headquarters. With that said, though, we do meet America Ferrera's character before this. We do. She is she the assistant. She works at Mattel, and she did hear that a Barbie made it into the real world, so she sees this black truck pick up, grab a woman who looks a lot like Barbie, and toss her in the back, so America is like, oh my god, that is that is the Barbie that's loose in the world, so she, yeah. she follows she them. She follows them. Barbie does make her great escape with the help of a woman who she realizes may, the, may be the only one who works there with any real power and helps her escape. Gloria and her daughter Sasha are there at the front to help save her further. Barbie gets in the car with them and they make a getaway and Barbie figures out that Sasha wasn't the one with the memories and playing with her, but it was Gloria, her mother, who also, like you mentioned, happens to work at Mattel. All while this is happening, Ken has made his way back to Barbie land, which, by the way, when... Barbie is in Mattel talking to the CEO, Will, played by Will Ferrell. She says, oh, we have to find Ken. They are not concerned at all with Ken. <laughs> They're like, okay, well, he can roam free. He won't do much damage. That's fine. He's Ken. And it's just so funny that the roles have switched, you know, that in, in the real world, they are not concerned about Ken at all. Yeah. 
And Ken goes back and he brings all... So The, the newfound knowledge of patriarchy. So Ken does, before he goes back to Barbie Land, kind of go to all these businesses and try to like... <laughs> yeah. He's like, can I be president? And they're like, well, you need some... And he tries to get a job and they're like, do you have an MBA? And he's like... He says something No, like, but I'm a man. Yeah, he's like, isn't the patriarch just going to get me a job? And the guy's like, oh, we're, we're just better at it now. Yeah, we're a little bit quieter We're better at better. hiding it. <laughs> He tries to get a job at the beach as a lifeguard. Oh my god! And he's god, like, but I can't funny. go in the water. And the guy's like, well, then what are you gonna do? He's like, oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm just gonna stand I'm here. I'm beach. That's my space. <laughs> he's like, well, you can't get a job here. But, but Ken has kind of, he's reveled in this. Oh my god, the patriarchy. I, I can do stuff. He he kind of comes up with the fact that he's like, I can't capitalize on the patriarchy here in the real world. Right. But if I restarted in Barbie land, yes. then I can do something. So he's gone back and he's, he has created Barbie land in, and sorry, he has created Kendom, Kendom from land. Barbie land. Yeah. Yes. Kendom land. Yes. <laughs> yes. And once Barbie, Gloria and Sasha returned to Barbie land, they realize that Ken has brainwashed the Barbies and created a world where Ken's rule the world instead of the Barbies. He's even taken over Barbie's dream house and won't let her back in. I think it's what was it? My house casa. Oh my god! No, there was more to it. I can't. <laughs> yeah, there was one it. more. I can't my remember. My house casa, and they make in the real world. It's created such a ripple effect. Him taking over that they've started to create instead of Barbie dream houses, but Ken's house casa, whatever the rest of it is, and they're selling like they can't keep them on the shelves because everybody wants them, which I thought was really funny. I liked that they completed that circle. That things happening in Barbie Land were rippled effect and you know, into the real world. So the CEOs of Mattel are like, oh no, we really got to get to Barbie land and figure this out. <laughs> that is hilarious. The whole like bunch of them running all like similarly. And then they're all biking and then they're all like making their way slowly to Barbie land. So all of the Barbies love that they don't have to do anything anymore, especially because they're brainwashed and don't mind that the Kens have taken over. Ken has made Kennergy and it's ruling the Ken world. <laughs> Honestly, it was it was so funny. Like all the Kens oh sitting God. around and they're talking to Ryan Gosling. Bear like, me, bear yeah, me, Brewski, Brewski. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then John Cena's there as a merman. Oh yeah, John with, Cena's randomly in there. And then Dua Lipa pops up because she in Barbie Land is um, in this movie as a mermaid, and she's like. I'm going to give my man a beer. It's just it, like so funny. And like, I, I like this too, because it's like Ken was only there for like, what, a day and a half maybe. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of like, what if you just gave a child like, okay, what is the essence of manliness and just tell somebody about it? That's kind of what Ken is like. He's like, <laughs> we just need trucks, horses, and beer, guys. That's yeah. all we're about right now. <laughs> yeah, Gloria even says like, oh, I haven't seen that vehicle before. And it's like a Hummer. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so Barbie gives up and she says, you know, she's not beautiful anymore. She can't go on to fix everything because she's just stereotypical Barbie and has no skills. And Gloria and Sasha leave because Barbie won't let them help her. And... But as they're going to leave, Alan actually is a stowaway in the car and pops up and beats the construction workers. I I think this went under like the radar in the movie theater because I wanted to laugh so much harder at this. When Alan says they're at the sign leaving Barbie Land and going into the real world and um, Gloria has pulled over the car and they're sitting and they're talking and Alan's like, you know, 
when the Kens figure out to make the the wall in, not up but across, <laughs> yeah, they won't let anybody in and out of Barb or Kendom. I died because they're so like they've made every piece of this movie. They're showing how how <laughs> stupid they can be. It's so funny. They're building a tower, not a wall, and he's like, once they realize to go horizontal, it's game over. <laughs> I just couldn't stop laughing at that because I'm like, this was this joke was underrated. That's the the dialogue oh here is a masterpiece. You actually need uh, to pay attention because you're gonna miss really funny jokes. Oh yeah, like it was so funny. So Alan beats up the construction workers, and then Sasha says to her mom, "You know what? We have to go and help Barbie Land. We can't make it turn into Kendom." Ken went ahead and made like a constitution change where all the Kens are going to go and vote that all the Barbies will no longer be in, in seats of power and the president will be, you know, forever a Ken and all the jobs will be Kens and the Barbies will be a side piece, essentially. So the three of them and Alan head to Weird Barbie. So Sasha and... <laughs> Sasha and Gloria go and pick up the Barbie. Even though Barbie doesn't want to do anything or help, she goes along with them and Alan to Weird Barbie's house. When they get there, Weird Barbie and a few other Barbies are trying to deprogram and de-brainwash a fellow Barbie. Even Barbie herself is still not herself. Gloria then has the best monologue. This is truly my best scene in the entire movie. Where she says, being a woman is hard. It's impossible. You have to be thin, but not too thin. You have to be a boss, but not bossy. You know, and she goes on to this like minute long real talk of how being a woman is a struggle and it deprograms the Barbie and our Barbie realizes that we need to fight back. We need to start to deprogram all of these Barbies and get Barbie land back. They use the Barbies that have been de-brainwashed or deprogrammed to lure the Kens away from their own Barbies and they kidnap those Barbies so that Gloria can deprogram them, which works. And this, I'm just going to cut in quickly because mm-hmm. this off the top of the pod, we said, Something has never happened in rom-com rewind history. It's about to happen, ladies and gentlemen. Just to set the scene, (laughs) we're sitting there in this theater. We're enjoying our movie. So So locked in. Yeah. It's a fantastic film and continue on Sarah the yes, moment's about yes. to happen. So one of the last steps in order to gain Barbie land control for the Barbies. Stereotypical Barbie goes to see her Ken at her own dream house. She gets there and pretends that, you know what, Ken, I want to be more than just friends. I want to be your side piece, girlfriend, whatever else. And he goes around the corner and he says, "Sublime." And then he comes back out. And the power goes out. And the power goes out. The power went out at the movie theater we were at. The theater went out. It went out, and we all just sat there. And at first, I was like, is this part of the movie? (laughs) (laughs) No. Yeah, all the lights go out, too. That would be amazing. And it did. It was not. The generator kicked on, but the movie never came back on. (laughs) We were in, like, an older theater because they have really comfortable, like, lazy boy chairs. Yeah, they, like, recline. It's wonderful. That's our theater of choice. Um, I gather not the most updated of equipment, though. Probably not. Because they couldn't restart the movie, guys. Yeah. So we sat there for 50 minutes. Imagine our dismay. (laughs) we're watching this fantastic (laughs) film we're gearing up like i was writing notes and stuff we were so engrossed in what was happening and then we honestly sat there for 45 minutes and they were like straight up we don't know if we will kick this on there were people watching oppenheimer in the theater beside us pissed off too like everybody was upset 
three of the six, of the theaters, six theaters came back came on. back on but Oppenheimer was like Replayed. an hour behind. Yeah, they so, restarted. So that those one. people were pissed as well. Yeah. Um. So essentially, we got our money back, and then we mm. watched uh, the ending on like people just uploading stuff on TikTok, basically. So we will continue through through the end of the film. We will. Um. With that said, my best scene just just happened. Oh, okay. My best scene was all the Barbies getting deprogrammed, mm. and they were basically like, "We need to distract the Kens somehow." <laughs> so they went with all the stereotypical. <laughs> BS that you can distract a man oh with. God, I and they're loved like, it. Just act like you need help with something. And one of them like <laughs> Adobe. Has a, yeah, she's like, I don't know how to work this. And some guy comes into man. Oh so, some Ken God. comes in yeah. to mansplain it to her. Another one is like, What are you guys watching? And he's like, Yeah. The Godfather. She's like, I've never seen this before. He's like, Oh my God, let me tell you all about it. And then, the, and that's how they're sneaking the other Barbies right. out of the situation, so that oh Gloria God, can deprogram so them. Funny. It's all the most. There was even one wearing glasses, and they're like, I don't know if I'm pretty enough. And the Ken just takes off her glasses. <laughs> and he's like, There you are. It's like a total. She's it's, all that. It moment. is. Yeah. It's all just the stereotypical <laughs> stuff. But anyway, so then the it. sublime moment happens. The movie theater loses power. But then, okay, so we we can continue on. Okay. What occurs from what Sarah and I missed is that essentially uh, the Barbies do, you know, figure out a way to trick the Kens. What they were trying to do doesn't follow through. Right. It ends they, up that- They get Barbie Land back. They get Barbie Land back. Barbie and Ken apologize to each other and acknowledge each other's, you know, the, their failings. Ken kind of laments that he has no identity or purpose without Barbie. Barbie encourages him to kind of find some autonomous identity. You know, go, go find out what, yeah. what your Kennergy is. <laughs> go um, find your Kennergy. And it also inspires the other Barbies to mm-hmm. see their error in that they kind of, you know, like the, the weird Barbies were kind of sectioned off in a corner or they wanted to, you know, bring them into right. to everything yes, in Barbie and the Sugar Daddy Barbie or Sugar Daddy Ken. That was a weird one. It wasn't on my list. There is also Earring Magic Ken, Sugar yes. Daddy Ken that Sugar I didn't Daddy mention. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I was doing that list. And then and then we get this really important piece at the end. Right. Yeah. So the piece at the end is when we actually see the woman who helped her escape in the beginning. And her name is Ruth, Ruth Handler. Ruth Handler is actually the inventor of Barbie. She invented it for her daughter, Barbara, and her son's name was Kenneth, Ken, and that's where Barbie and Ken came from. And we see this this ending piece where they're speaking to each other and Barbie says, you know, what's my ending? What? And she's like, you don't have an ending. It's whatever you want it to be. And Ruth says to Barbie, we mothers stand still so our daughters can look back to see how far they have come. And I just thought that was such a powerful quote and it was so well done and well written. And Barbie says, okay. And she gets to decide whether she wants to go back to Barbie land or whether she wants to, you know, have a life for herself. She decides that she is going to stay in the real world with Gloria and Sasha and um, Gloria's husband. And it's a wonderful ending. She goes and she goes into this building and goes up to um, the desk and they said name and she says Handler, comma, Barbara. And so she's using Barbara as her first name. The woman behind the desk says, why are you here? And she goes, I'm here to see my gynecologist. <laughs> and this is such a funny way to end the movie. And I did read that Greta wanted to end this movie on a mic drop, really hilarious note and a quote. Um... And it's also to show that, you know what, Barbie can do anything and that we are so sometimes, you know, we don't want to talk about 
um, things of women. And, and that's what she said. Greta was like, you know, growing up, I never wanted to talk about, you know, lady things or, or women, womanhood and, and whatever. But she said, I hope that this helps, you know, say, well, Barbie can do it too. I can do it. And that's kind of the way she wanted to end this movie, which I thought was really nice. Before we jump into quick facts, Mattel has, I mean, first of all, they've confirmed that there's going to be a sequel of this. Yeah. They've also talked about how they want to do this with more of their products. Right. Oh my gosh. Yes. So I, I think we can play a game. I'm going to go oh through toys, <laughs> okay. inanimate objects, games mm. th- that they could or should do a movie on. And maybe we can pitch some ideas back and forth. Okay. Let's start with Mattel specifically. They own... Cabbage Patch Kids. Oh my god, I could see a Cabbage Patch movie. I could. Oh my god, it would be really weird, but I could see it. Is it kind of like the oh. Smurfs movie, maybe? Maybe like a Smurfs movie. I could feel like a little bit of like a creepy dinosaur situation happening from there, too. Because like the dinosaur sat in the egg. I just think of Cabbage Patch Kids. Weird. Wait, the dinosaur sat in the egg? Yeah, the baby dinosaur from Dinosaurs. Oh, always yes, was in an yes, egg yes, yes, yes. In his yes. high chair. Why do you always come back to dinosaurs? Know. I don't Sarah know. It is so such embedded. A beef with that. <laughs> it is such a beef. It's ingrained in my mind as like a horrific experience. Oh my God. Okay. That's like a rom com rewind <laughs> Easter egg. She's mentioned it in like six or seven episodes now. <laughs> Go back and find them. Sarah effing hates oh the dinosaurs sitcom. I do. She's I do. not I a fan. I was really afraid of it. Anyway. What, what was that? What was that <laughs> horror movie with like, not the Furbies, but the, uh, was it Gremlins? Oh, Furbies. Oh no. Gremlins wasn't a horror movie. It, it was, was just Gremlins. It was just creepy though. No, <laughs> it was a little it creepy. It was creepy. Um, <laughs> they also, Mattel also owns uh, He-Man and the Master of the Universe. Oh, I definitely could see something. I feel like they've done um, animated before. Yes, they so have. Yeah. They would definitely do a live action. I think they could do that. <laughs> they could also do She-Ra, Princess of Power oh, yep. as well. Right. Um, um, this one's cool. And there's an idea somewhere and I just haven't figured it out. Polly Pocket is owned by Mattel. Okay. I saw TikTok on this saying that, yes, yes Mattel owns Polly Pocket and that I think there was, there's an idea being conceived yes. by some writers or something in, in a back room somewhere of Polly Pocket becoming live action. I, I do recall seeing a TikTok of something happening with that. So I don't know. We'll see. But I could see that happening for sure. Like, is it... <sighs> They're like drawing on all the nostalgic generation. Like, are they living in a girl's pocket then? Like the the world of Polly Pocket is. Maybe is it like the Lorax where like they're in like a thing, but in a thing? Maybe, maybe, yeah. Um, Hot Wheels is probably, Hot Wheels, like I immediately think they did cars with Pixar. I was going to say, and they had such success with cars. Like people loved cars. People loved cars. So they could do like a Hot Wheel, like with like a little edgy, you know, story. Mm Mm-hmm. So now, and and Mattel has been in so many different things, like all the Pixar stuff, all the Disney stuff, like they were the ones who made a lot of Harry Potter. They did the action figures for Harry Potter. So like there is all that. I'm not really going to get lost in the weeds on that because we could go on forever. Halo, (laughs) you know, but like in terms of toys and like just like stuff that they could definitely do Mm -hmm. something with that hasn't been done before. Um, Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Oh my God, Rock'em Sock'em Robots. I love those, like the those yeah. little like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. you have to press the button. Exactly. It's like Hungry Hungry Hippos, but like fighting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Could they do something there? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Maybe. And they like get into, yes, they could. I'm like conceiving a, an idea in my head right now. Yeah. And they get in, what is it like a? It's like kind of like a Pacific Rim. I was going to say, are you going Pacific Rim here? like a boxing situation where like okay. there's like an actual human or something and they step into the ring, into like this, like into the rock Giant and socket robots. Ro- robot okay. and then they fight each other in the ring. 
Yeah. Okay. Mattel also did the toys for Rugrats. Oh my God, Rugrats. Could there Rugrats, be like an actual Rugrats weird, movie? Weird, They look so tired, the parents. <laughs> <laughs> and they're only like, I, I read, I read something on this saying that like they're only in like their early 30s and they look so much older. <laughs> and we're also parents. I know. How, how bad do we look right now? Oh my God, I do don't Do we know. look as bad as the Rugrats parents? I hope not. Ooh. Oh my God, that's so funny. The Rugrats, I actually really liked the Rugrats growing up. <laughs> Anyway, Mattel also did um, Jack in the Box. I don't know what you'd do with that. Creepy, no. The Wild Thornberries. They did the. Oh my god! For. Stop it! I love the Wild. Sarah thornberries. loves the Wild Thornberries. Nickelodeon. I was. I was a Nickelodeon kid. So do Nickelodeon and Mattel team up with? That would be really cool. I think that would be really really neat. I love that. <laughs> I could see like so many things coming. Hey Arnold! Is Hey Arnold one of the, there was a Nickelodeon you know what? thing? <laughs> uh, they, so they didn't have any Mattel toys. I was okay, just looking at Mattel cool. toys, and they end up doing a lot of collaborations with like right. like Batman and stuff. So yeah. okay, can we throw some non Mattel toys out there? Okay, let's do it. Um, like, could you do a Guess Who movie? Yep, yep, you like, could. That would be really cool. It, it could be like a modern day, like Knives Out. I was going to say, is it like a Knives Out yes. situation? Yeah. It could be like a modern day Knives Out with like, um, where's Waldo kind of thing. Okay. Like a, okay. Like that yes. Yes. Idea. Okay. Mm-hmm. What about, um, there's got to be something with a Tamagotchi. Oh, maybe. I was thinking Furbies. Ooh, creepy. Furbies. Do you remember Furbies? Yes, I do. Creepy AF. They're so creepy. Didn't they my have friend, Furby movies though? No. One of my best friends had a Furby and in her closet and it just always talked oh god she wasn't even playing with it and it talked it was really creepy yeah there was a fee god these look so creepy <laughs> right holy shit <laughs> has anybody really taken a good you long look at a furby they recently? could actually make a furby Jesus. Movie, a horror movie and and it would probably take over the place of chucky well i was gonna say is that not they gremlins could, they could do a furby franchise but as a horror movie yeah, I'm quite sure Gremlins is just a Furby horror movie. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, Furbies are creepy. We they didn't are. realize back in the day, but they are oh, creepy. So creepy. I do not like them. Yeah, no. Um, is there something with Monopoly? There probably is, right? Oh, you know what? Um, I actually think that there is a crossover between Monopoly. That is something. Um, I read it yesterday. Interesting. Yes, they're they're looking into how to do a live action type Monopoly movie. Yes, that is already. Somewhere in a back room being written and conceived. Where do you think these things happen? I Somebody's don't know. just in the just basement like, in the back while well, I'm writing like a Monopoly to, script. Yeah. Yeah. Everything happens in a garage or something, right? Like think about <laughs> Apple, Microsoft, you know? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. They, they, hey, you know what? You're Maybe right it's about a back that. room in somebody's house or basement, you know? You never know. <laughs> and I did have Beanie Babies on my list, but the actual film oh, about the creation of them is happening. I was just about to say, it's out, I believe. Is it, it not? Yeah, I think it might be. Yeah, on but, Prime? But I'm thinking like, you know, the world of Beanie Babies, yes. not like the creation of Yeah, Beanie like Beanie. make a Toy Story version of Beanie Babies. Or a Barbie version of Beanie Babies. Or a Barbie version of Beanie Babies. Yeah, weird. We on to quick facts. We are. The font used in the film is based on the font that was used for all Barbie dolls, products, and merchandise from 1975 to 1991. The Barbie logo usually undergoes a makeover for each generation. The role of Ken was specifically written for Ryan Gosling. Greta Gerwig said there was no plan B. (laughs) Ryan Gosling's Ken is inspired by the appearance of sun-loving Malibu Ken from 1979, who also wore turquoise swimwear and had blonde hair with tan skin. 
According to Ryan, he accepted the role of Ken after seeing his daughter's Ken doll lying face down in the mud next to a squished lemon. He then took a shot of the doll and lemon and sent it to Greta Gerwig, saying, I shall be your Ken. His story must be told. He is a perfect Ken. He is. Him and Simulu have, like, some of the best interactions in the entire movie. <laughs> no. Especially in the first, like, 30, 40 minutes. Yeah. Margot Robbie had one request for director Greta Gerwig. She wanted a slide for Barbie's house that would go from her bedroom to her swimming pool. Composer Mark Ronson wrote the song I'm Just Ken largely as a joke and recorded a demo for Greta, not seriously expecting it to be included on the soundtrack. However, she liked the song, and when she shared it with Ryan, he felt so strongly that it added to the character of Ken, he successfully advocated for it to be made a musical number in the film. I just don't know who I am without you. You're Ken. But it's Barbie and Ken. There is no just Ken. Doesn't seem to matter what I do. I'm always number two. Ronson remarked that he was amazed how much Gosling's interpretation of the song improved upon his original intent. Margot Robbie revealed that she found an old bucket list with one of the goals being meet Ryan Gosling while working on this film. Margot Robbie helped Ryan Gosling figure out his character of Ken by daily giving him pink presents of beach-related items as a nod to Gosling's Ken's job essentially just being beach. That is amazing. <laughs> like, what, what was she giving him? Pink beach ball. Yeah, pink probably. Flip-flops. Sand, yeah, flip-flop sandals, yeah. The, the, the list of, I'm like, sure. strictly beach items, but not water beach items, just beach items. <laughs> To fit into the role of Ken, Ryan Gosling drew, drew influence from the time on the Disney show, The All-New Mickey Mouse Club. At a certain point, he said, I thought I had left that kid behind. I realized that I needed his help to make this movie, so I had to go back and make peace with him and ask for his help. It was good for me. Originally announced in 2009, this project has undergone multiple different iterations and has been a property for three different studios originally it was universal pictures production but after five years of development sony pictures took over in 2014 jenny bix was hired as a screenwriter but replaced by diablo cody the following year in december 2016 amos schumer entered negotiations to star in the title role as well as rewrite the screenplay alongside kim caramel i'm not sure if i said her last name right uh, Schumer exited the project in 2017, where it was announced that Althea Jones would direct, uh, Olivia Milch would write, and Anne Hathaway would lead role. Sony's option uh, expired in October 2018, and the project transferred to Warner Brothers Pictures, where the project would finally make progress and become the movie that it is. Like, I'll be honest, I couldn't see Amy Schumer. Anne Hathaway is close, though. I don't, can we... Have we ever seen a blonde Anne Hathaway? I don't know if I've ever seen a blonde Anne Hathaway. I don't know. I'd have to see it to believe it. With that said, (laughs) Margot Robbie, I can't unsee. Exactly. She is Barbie now now for me. Yeah, 100%. Cinematographer Rodrigo Prieto created a unique color palette for the film that Greta Gerwig named Techni Barbie, Techna Barbie, after the Technicolor format. 
At one point in the film, Barbie brushes her hair with an oversized hairbrush. This is a nod to the common hairbrush that came in most Barbie accessory packs until the 2010s, where the brush was slowly slowly phased out as a cost-cutting measure as well as to reduce plastic waste. Up until that point, nearly every Barbie came with an in-scale brush for a children's or child's fingers as part of its accessories, even if the doll couldn't actually use the brush due to having braids, short hair, gelled hair, and whatnot. Barbie floats down from her house to the ground rather than using any stairs from her dream home, which it does not actually have upon closer inspection. This is a nod to the fact that the earlier Barbie dream houses did not have stairs inside of them for Barbie to walk down, so any child playing with the doll would just have to float her from one floor to the next, defying physics. And it's funny how they like... It's kind of like self-aware. There's so many self-aware jokes in this film that they just say, they're like, yeah, because it's all your imagination. She floats wherever she needs to be. The shot of Barbie stepping out of her heels on her tippy toes is a nod to the body mold of the traditional Barbie. Until 2015, with the introduction of Barbie fashionista dolls with feet molded to be flat so that they could wear flat footwear, nearly all Barbie dolls that had feet were molded to only wear high heels, even if the doll had no shoes as part of the gimmick or accessories, like the beach-themed Barbie dolls, for example. In the film, those are also Margot Robbie's feet. She's just holding a bar to stay on her actual tippy toes. (laughs) This will mark the first time Barbie appears in a theatrical live feature film, as opposed to her animated appearances in the direct-to-video films and television specials. But this does not include the two animated films, Toy Story 2 as well as Toy Story 3, which are from Disney and Pixar and only used by permission from Mattel. In fact, Barbie was going to appear in the first Toy Story from 1995 um, as the love interest of Woody until she got replaced by Bo Peep since Mattel refused to let her be in the film. Saoirse Ronan was going to appear in the film, but scheduling conflicts prevented her from being able to film. Ronan previously collaborated with Greta Gerwig on Lady Bird from 2017 and Little Women from 2019. Production designer Sarah Greenwood claimed that so much fluorescent pink paint from the company Roscoe was used for the set construction that it caused international shortages. However, according to uh, the vice president of marketing and digital experience of Roscoe, while production did indeed use as much paint as the company had, the shortages were connected with the supply chain problem during the COVID-19 pandemic. The first trailer and the opening scene of the movie are a tribute to Stanley Kubrick's Sci-fi film, 2001, A Space Odyssey, from 1968. Greta Gerwig cites Ken as a mixture of the screen persona of actors Marlon Brando, Gene Wilder, John Barrymore, and John Travolta. Greta Gerwig refused to cut a scene with the older lady by holding her ground against studio executives, saying, I love that scene so much, and the older women on the bench is the costume designer Anne Roth. She's a legend. It's a cul-de-sac moment in a way. It doesn't lead anywhere. And in early cuts looking at the movie, it was suggested, well, you could cut it, and actually the story would move on just the same. And I said, if I cut the scene, I don't know what the movie is about. Numerous Barbie-affiliated celebrities and public figures were used to promote the film. Rapper Nicki Minaj's fans are commonly referred to as Barbs, after Barbie, and Minaj contributed a track to the movie's soundtrack. Drag queen and comedian Trixie Mattel, whose drag persona is modeled after a Barbie doll, was also invited to the movie's premiere. Azusa Sakamoto, who is a nail artist, Barbie lifestyle influencer on YouTube and a collector with at least a thousand dolls in her collection was invited to the Barbie premiere as well. 
Margot Robbie has been a fan of Barbie since childhood, having been gifted a Barbie dream house at Christmas. The second trailer for the film contains a tribute to the red pill, blue pill scene from The Matrix from 1999. Harry Neff, a transgender woman, plays a Barbie in this film. The first transgender Barbie doll Mattel ever released was that of Laverne Cox Barbie doll in 2022 as part of the Tribute Collection series honoring iconic women. The doll is historical for being the first Barbie to be transgender. At the end of the film, the montage of women is footage of the actual cast and crew's family and friends. When director Greta Gerwig took on the film, she insisted on certain bonding experiences, including cast slumber parties and movie church. All of the Barbies were invited to stay the night at a London hotel, and the Kens were allowed to stop by, not but not stay. <laughs> Gosling apparently couldn't make it, but did want his absence Uh, didn't want his absence to go unnoticed. In his plays, he sent a singing telegram in the form of a Scotsman dressed in a kilt playing the bagpipes and reciting lines from Braveheart. Every Sunday, the entire cast gathered at the Electric Cinema in Notting Hill, where they watched movies relevant to the Barbie storyline. The group began to refer to the weekly get-togethers as Movie Church. The first theatrically released live-action movie to be based on a doll line ever since the movie Bratz from 2007. Gal Gadot was considered to play the, the role of Barbie. America Ferrera's husband in the movie is played by her husband in real life, Ryan Pierce Williams. Margot Robbie wore 18 wigs throughout this film. The cast includes two Oscar winners, Helen Mirren and Emerald Fennell, and two Oscar nominees, Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling. Kate McKinnon wanted to take home the snow globe of her Barbie house, but production wouldn't let her. Greta Gerwig later revealed that she actually kept it after filming ended. The swimsuit and overall look Barbie wears in the opening scene is a direct recreation of the original 1959 Barbie, Barbie doll that first debuted in stores. An early concept for the movie involved all of the Barbies in Barbie Land having paddle hands modeled after real Barbies molded plastic hands. <laughs> However, the idea performed poorly in early camera tests and was eventually scrapped in favor of the actors using their hands as normal. Kate McKinnon was supposedly the best cast member at paddle hands and never broke them once. Margot Robbie's Barbie never wears any rings on her finger, a nod to the classic toy doll having fingers that are connected so rings would not fit. When Barbie and Ken are first in the car going to the real world, the odometer on the dashboard reads 031959, a reference to the first Barbie doll launching in March 1959. Barbie and Ken's rollerblading outfits are inspired by the 1994 hot skating Barbie doll. The appearance of Sasha and her friends closely resembled those of Mattel's 2002 My Scene dolls. The dolls were introduced by Mattel to compete with MGA Entertainment's popular Bratz dolls, and Barbie appeared in that line as a teenage version of herself. Denise Richards was originally cast as Mermaid Barbie, but had to drop out at the last minute due to prior commitments with the indie The Line, in which she stars. She was replaced by Dua Lipa. Director Greta Gerwig is a huge fan of Richards and has cited Wild Things and Drop Dead Gorgeous as two of her favorite films. Margot Robbie instituted a mandatory pink day on the Barbie set, and if people didn't wear pink, Margot would collect money and donate it to charity. Hmm. As Alan fights the construction Kens, he quotes the taglines that appeared on his box when he was first released. He's Ken's buddy, and all his clothes fit him. When arriving in the real world at the end of the movie, Barbie goes by the name Barbara Handler. It is a reference to the daughter of Barbie's creator, Ruth Handler. Barbara. Barbie and Ken were both named after Barbara Handler and her brother, Kenneth Handler. 
The reoccurring song Barbie sings is called Closer to Fine by the Indigo Girls. Its writer, Emily Salyer, says that song is about not beating yourself up too hard to get your answer from one place. It's about being confused but looking for the answers and in the end knowing that you're going to be fine. Whereas the reoccurring song for the Ken's Sing, that Ken Sing is Push by Matchbox 20. It's writer Rob Thomas saying it's not about physical violence. It's about emotions and how somebody can push you around without even lifting a finger. In that song, it's the guy who gets pushed around by a girl he's having a relationship with. Barbie's car was operated by a remote control transmitter. When Ken gets injured at the beach, the sound of the mobile hospital opening is that of a music box. Honorable mentions. Okay, my honorable mentions are the Barbie land as a whole. I think they did such a fantastic job with like the specifics of it. And just, it's a dream world. Like I want to be a part of that world. I want to go and see Barbie land and be a part of it. And I want to be a Barbie. Um, The other thing that um, I'll honorably mention is the casting for this movie. I think everyone was so well casted. It was done impeccably. I am going to, and I can't believe we made it this far without really sinking our teeth into, it's the soundtrack. This is without a doubt going to be the biggest and best soundtrack of the year. Even like there are such small things. So Mark Ronson produced it, by the way, Mm -hmm. along with a few other people. But like, remember that song like Pink, where she's like, (laughs) it's Barbie starting her day. And the lyrics actually change after she starts (laughs) to lose her sparkle, performed by Lizzo. Uh, the main song dance the night performed by Dua Lipa. They did a remake of Barbie world with Aqua, Nicki Minaj and ice spice. Okay. I did notice that Charlie XCX did a song. Tame Impala did a song. Ryan Gosling with maybe the best original song of the year. Yeah. I'm sorry. Jack black doing the (laughs) Bowser thing, but I'm just Ken is it's so good. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm Billie Eilish, the kid, Leroy Khalid, Gail, Ava Max. Like this is far and away the, the biggest, it's the biggest soundtrack we're going to see this year. It's probably the biggest one I'm going to say since guardians of the galaxy oh, volume that one. That one was a good one. I have that one on vinyl, that one, yeah. but that wasn't original music. That was right. all licensed stuff that they just made into a soundtrack. I think in like as a full original album, this is massive. Yeah. It's huge. It was really, really good. <laughs> what should have been? I have no what should have been. My what should have been is obviously that the power should not have gone out oh at the movie my God. theater while we were obviously, watching this. <laughs> that, yes, that is what, yeah, yeah. I'm with you on that. <laughs> and overall rewatchability. Okay, so my rewatchability is five, 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 five for an overall score of five out of five. I'm sorry. I have to give it all fives. Okay. That's monumental, Sarah. It is monumental. To give something nothing but fives. Correct. That means it's a, it is a perfect yes, film. Yes, I loved it. Okay. Even with the power going out. <laughs> I think I've only given two five out of fives ever. Yeah. Crazy Stupid Love, 500 Days of Summer, I yes, feel I are the only two. And maybe two. one more, but yeah. I'm going to give chemistry a five out of five. Okay. Cheese is a five out of five. Perfect oh, cheese on this film. It was perfect Which cheese. never happens. <laughs> Soundtrack, obviously, five out of five. Imagination, clearly a five out of five. Thirst factor, a five out of five. <gasps> it's the story. Storyline, 
It's going to be a 4.8 out of 5 for Dev. <gasps> what What did it not, uh, not enough patriarchy for you? <laughs> wow. <laughs> and I've been so nervous to reveal that I gave that a 4.8 because I knew I was going to hit something like that. I like, listen, a, I'm kidding. I'm a kidding. 4.8 out of 5 is, <laughs> is really good. Unbelievable, not guys. Perfect, but it's, it's okay. For an overall score of 4.96 <laughs> out of 5. Oh, gosh. This has been the rom com rewind of Barbie. The movie, if you've heard anything on this podcast you want to talk more about, that's great. Even if you disagree with us or me or my <laughs> score, whatever. At Rom Com Rewind on Instagram. Throw us a follow. Thanks for listening.